Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's your girls. It's your girls. We look like we're in, a, in an interrogation room. <laughs> this Check setup. us out on YouTube. We look like we're truly being interrogated. <laughs> I just, dude, that's what a ring light does. People think it makes them look pretty. It just makes no. you look like you're about to go to jail. <laughs> Honestly, we look like we're about to go to jail. And the shot's really tight. Yep. And it's just really bright and it's like really dark in the room. <laughs> we're, we're in our New York studio and we're trying to figure out what the fuck? <laughs> Lindsay sets up and I just chill. <laughs> Poor Lindsay. She's like oh, moving man. around, setting everything up, and I'm just one day I'll be, I won't be the technical. I know. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, what would you do? <laughs> that, and also no, I was like, we balance each for other. For a second, I'm like, we're the we're a big podcast. Why are we still doing this? That's me every day. <laughs> know, honestly. No, it's it's good. We're setting up in this. In our uh, second bedroom, we've had some interviews which have gone so well, mm-hmm. and it's been really, really, really fun. The vibe we're is bi- good. Hey, we're a big podcast, and we're by coastal. We're by coastal. Come see us Come in on, LA or New York, baby. <laughs> we're by coastal. If you guys don't know, so Lindsay lived in LA with me, and then just moved recently. We're in Brooklyn Heights, and it is it's good right now. Yeah, it's good. The vibe really- doesn't feel different than LA to me. I'm just like, wow. I, I did, thought, yeah, I didn't. I don't feel any different. Yeah. Maybe because that's I'm with you, but I don't feel different. I feel like there are days when I feel a lot here and there are days when I feel super peaceful and then same with LA. Mm-hmm. Same with LA. I think it just depends on like, okay, have I seen the water today? Yeah. Have I seen a tree? Mm-hmm. Have I? Mm-hmm. Nature, honestly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Nature's everything now. It just is like... I know. I'm sure people are sick of us saying that, but it's actually know, fucking true. Dude. We're trying to nail it into your brain. <laughs> Our podcast has become like bird watching. Dude, I that's hope like it, my dream. I podcast. hope it becomes bird sounds only. Honestly, we're gonna be like, hey everyone, we're gonna tell you about this flower we saw this week. Replacing Krista today is the Robin from <laughs> Nantucket. <laughs> yes, we're gonna tell you about like what trees we just hugged all weekend. <laughs> but honestly, it's like all I want in life. When I'm thinking about travel, I'm like, all I want to do is travel in nature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird before, even when we went to Japan a few years ago, I was like, oh, it was really beautiful. And I think we did like the normal thing in Tokyo and then we were outside of it. But I was like, yeah, there wasn't enough nature for yeah. me. I mean, there's tons of nature in Japan. We just weren't choosing to not be in nature because yeah. we were doing the stereotypical tourist things. But I was like, damn, there wasn't enough nature. Mm-hmm. Every trip, I want nature. Mm-hmm. I just want my life to be nature. For the most part on trips, I just, I like doing things, but I also like to, like the chilling in nature is kind of what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. place me on a beach, mm-hmm. place me on a chair in the forest. <laughs> I'm looking at your Not place. on the ground. <laughs> I know because I'm thinking about that. I'm like, I say that I'm like that, but- You're not I, like that. I get on it's all good. And I'm like, 8 a.m. Chris is like, we have an agenda. Did I tell you? <laughs> no, we have, we have something. That was my that was my family on trips. We yes. Would be like, we do biking trips. We'd be like, we're biking 50 miles today. <laughs> we're doing anything we can to not talk to one another. We're going on this tour. We're doing this thing, blah, blah, blah. On vacations, my dad would be like, it would be so radical because he's so like kind of strict at home. And then on vacations, he'd be like, go and do whatever you want. And we're wow. just like, huh? It would be like a brain fart. Yes. We're like, huh? It's like an animal in a cage. Yeah. You just stay in the caged area. Cause it's like, he's oh, like, know. yeah, you, you know, we'll see you at dinner. Just go do, go do whatever. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got older, when I realized I could like buy my own food. Like, I don't know why that was so like crazy to me. I was like, I can go to the store. <laughs> buy whatever food I want. I can order. I remember <laughs> when I first got my car, I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking 
go crazy. And I would get like Funyuns and shit at the gas station because my mom was so strict about her eating. So I'd be like, all right, yep, four Taco Bell tacos, please, because I can and I have a car. Uh, holy shnikes. What up? This, uh, this episode with Deborah is just... Doesn't fit our intro, but whatever. No, I mean, well, we did want to, we did want to touch on you know, what we're going to talk about this in this episode, I think we can go a little bit deeper on in the intro. We really focus on the witch wound. Mm-hmm. You know, actually something ironically that Kristen and I had been talking about. We've kind of gotten like these readings over the years where yes. they're like, hey, so you have a past life uh, as a witch in the Salem mm-hmm. Witch Trials and you were on trial. And, you know, we both kind of have that past life experience of feeling... I think on a very like light level, it's like misunderstood. Yes. It's not, it's the ability or the inability to be our like magical, wild mm-hmm. self, mysterious self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Ra and Lavon talks about developing the magical personality. And it's like that, that magic part mm-hmm. of you. And we work with Kiki, the opulent witch. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when we were talking in one of our workshops in the membership about like her being a witch. And she's like, the outcome of the witch is like in the intention of the heart. And so it's like, whatever the witch is, is really like the intention of them. So yes. if, if it is good, then the magic can be used for good. And that's really with anything. Like we're all as humans sort of casting spells all the time with like um, with like deep intention, deep thought. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's all these levels of it too, but I think it's one of those words much like God where you hear it and you're like, zip. There's like yes. an energy to it. There's an energy signature to it. There's almost like radioactive um, quality of it that makes us feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people that w- were really religious or grew up in the church, you can hear the word witch and just become very activated in a certain type of way. But I really like that she's reclaiming that. And I think it is more about reclaiming those magical, powerful aspects of ourselves that we can really leverage. I did a session with someone named Jenny. And if you want her information, you can DM me. She's very powerful. She lives mm. in Ohio. Did you, you got me one for my birthday. Have I'm going to do it next Friday. Oh yeah, she does it without you. Yeah, I'm excited. It's I'm going to do an energy. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to do a house one after that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. The house ones are dope. So she did the personal session and mm-hmm. she goes through the body and then finds energy that is stuck or still stagnant or still speaking to her from past lives. Mm. And she said the first life she talked about, that was a sailor or pirate energy. And do you remember we did that past life regression? I literally was like talking about being a pirate in a past life. Oh, yeah. And then I literally started bawling my eyes out because I was so uncomfortable. Yes. But I was talking about being a pirate. And then she brings up that pirate. Isn't that weird? So weird. So weird. Because what kind of persons? Most people are like, I was Cleopatra. I kind of see. Yeah, I totally see a pirate. totally a pirate. You used to to be a klepto. (laughs) Dude, Dude, that was a... I was trying to think about why I had a klepto face. You have a mustache. Just kidding. I literally... She said when she was talking about... Jenny was talking about me being a pirate. Mm. Um, you also had a too cool attitude at times and people were put <laughs> off by it. <laughs> <laughs> but then she said about the witch energy, mm. there's also a female energy of early America feels like being a witch. In that life, it felt like you were very secretive about yourself and your abilities. And there was a paranoia, anger, rage, revenge, and no one is understanding me, blah, blah, blah. And it just felt like... 
very true. Like I loved the piece of mm. being secretive about our abilities, being secretive about our gifts. And that has to do a lot with like feeling like we have to dim our lights, feeling yeah. like we can't be as bright as we want, feeling like we can't be intuitive or, you know, spiritual or whatever it is that we want to be. It's like that hiding, that self-censoring, which is really, really happening so deeply now. And I think there was a time maybe earlier this year or last year, and I think all the astrologers listening will know, but there was the same type of planetary transit as there was during the Salem witch trials very recently. Yes. And I remember really feeling that. Yes. I think it was probably six or seven months ago, but I remember Mm. really, really feeling that energy. And I think, I think about it today as like when I am seeking to self-censor or Mm. when I am wanting to hide my opinion or my perspective or wanting to hide my abilities or wanting to hide really parts of who I am because I'm scared of being condemned or judged. Yes. Yeah, I often like the experience of like censoring myself or inhibiting what, inhibiting that like the energy of knowing. Like, so it's like, you know, and then when someone feels that you know something or perceive or yeah. um, intuit something, which I, I I feel like is that characteristic of that witch of that magic inside of us, where it's like, okay, I know this thing, and then when someone feels that, I I think that a lot of people get afraid of that, where they're like, whoa, and it's not just because it's like, whoa, how did you know that? It's like this fear of them being seen. Mm-hmm for who they are or their... So it's like, it's this weird like miscommunication on all levels. Because I I feel like everyone, especially women, but I feel like everyone has that feminine wildness inside of them. And so it's like what we're in now is like the triggering of all. It's like this triggering of someone's inability to own their own and then me not owning my own because you can't... It's like very yes. weird. So it's feeding one another. But we also talked about, and I just like have been thinking about, okay, what stories and fairy tales and movies did I watch like when I was younger and listened to when I was younger that kind of perpetuated this idea that mm. like princesses were kind of what you were to become or aspire to be. And then witches, you know, in the in the little like log cabin in the middle of the dark forest (laughs) or what you should be afraid of. Big nose with a wart on it, the hair growing out of the wart. And you're like, oh my God. But that's like the depiction of the witch and Mm -hmm. like the witch is danger. The witch is evil. And it's just, it's such a cheap thing. It's like, damn. You know, like it's so cheap. And that was like carried throughout so many different stories and mediums Mm -hmm. for children. What is that? Snow White? Snow White, Cinderella, the 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 step the stepmom was evil and she's kind of witchy. And then (laughs) I don't think she was a witch. Sleeping beauty. (laughs) Bad witches. And then like cartoons, right? And then the wolf in the Big Bad Wolf was dressed as like this old woman witch. Oh yeah, that's so true. Some of the, some of the best, the evil queen in Snow White was like, I think huge. I think that was a really big one. Uh I'm trying to look. Sabrina, the teenage witch, she was like a good one. Ursula was kind of a witch. She was witchy. She was a sea witch. Ursula was radical. Crazy. Dude. Ursula was thick. I just remember... I don't know, that scene from Little Mermaid. She took the little sea urchin and put 
put it on as lipstick. Oh, yeah. Dude. She's like, poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> yes. She's like, da da da. Da da da. Scooby Doo and Maleficent, baby. Sleeping Scooby Doo. Maleficent was like pretty mm, radical. Mm-hmm. She cursed Aurora to a horrible death. Wow. Yeah. She's probably the major number one. Maleficent. Yeah, but but thinking about like the contrast to that is like the good girl princess who get you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's like yes, a hundred percent. And then she, it's always like the powers were used for mm-hmm. evil or negative. Yeah. Or, yeah, and there's white magic and there's dark magic, just as this, there's white light and dark light. It's just like the way of mm-hmm. the third dimension and duality. So there is both, but. Yeah, I think it's just reclaiming your power. Mm-hmm. However you want to see it. Yeah. And we talked a lot about skin. Yes. So Mama Medicine, Deborah, has a course that she did previously on skin. And skin secrets. Skin secrets. And going past like just skin being this beauty thing, really skin as like this organ that is speaking mm-hmm. to you as your first defense from you as a being to the outside world. It's like that first barrier and how much skin can tell you about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I told her, I was like, I was waiting for someone to do this. I know. It's actually, when she did, I was like, damn. Because mm-hmm. I just, I know, I know a I lot like, of people. like, damn, that was our idea, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. It's like, like my <laughs> trademark, dude. <laughs> no, she's like, she's she's the fucking one to do it. She's literally her, I mean, her skin dude, every I time. Know. We're like, when she smiles, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, am I allowed to see something like this? It's I know. so Beautiful. pure. So it's pu- so pure. Pu- beautiful. It's so pure. I just feel like that she smiles all the time. I know. I love her. Because it like melts you. It melts. It's but, crazy. But yeah, the skin thing, I feel like so many of you out there, like we, I feel like I get messages quite frequently about people just dealing with skin issues and being so frustrated and sad and angry and like all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> but she talks about the, like, it's literally, there is something to the anger trapped in your yes. body. The the things you haven't said trapped in your body coming out as heat in your skin. And so your skin is always talking to you. Mm-hmm. It was the, the big, big message where, you know, instead of trying to fix the skin right away and kind of cover it up or put something on it to burn it off or whatever we would do to get rid of our acne. It's like, okay, let's sit with this. And what is our skin telling us? So um, she goes into that, different herbs and um, at-home remedies that you can make. Yeah, Yeah, I think we talked about too with the skin. It's like, there is that tendency when your skin is not acting in the way that you want it to is to rub it really hard or or like put stuff on it to like burn it off and have that feeling. And there is that like desire we have to just do that instead of solving the problem. Mm -hmm. That's like a little bit deeper. And Mm -hmm. I think this is just really aligned to what we talk about because it's never really on the surface. Yes. Like, and we all know, and I'm learning more and more each day, like everything is truly connected Mm -hmm. in your body, mind, spirit, soul, and your relationships in your life. It's like we can sort of burn off your skin on the surface, but it's still going to come through because... (laughs) I'm thinking of that. Burning it off. Are you thinking of that clean and clear astrodetergent? Dude, that felt so good. I'd be like, I would literally be laying down in my bed. My face is like on fire. I'm like, it's working. Dude, I'd literally be like, fuck yes. <laughs> and it would feel so dry. My face would feel like it was like cracked. I'd be like, <laughs> this is good. Or like anything, yeah, anything that burned felt like mm-hmm. that was like, yes, this is working. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like this conversation is just timely. <laughs> 
Okay. Guys, we're giggling. We're just giggling. This oh, is, man. But we, we just had you. a really good day because we got to be Yeah, with we Deborah. had the, literally the best day. And um, spent some time with her and just catch up with her. And she is truly such a kind soul. And I feel so grateful that she's one of our friends. She mm-hmm. does really powerful work in the world. Lindsay, yeah. and I, Lindsay and I both have had readings from her multiple times. And some of the teachings that or things that she told me in those readings, I still think about. Yes. quite often and have been huge messages and lessons in my life. So we're just really grateful that we had her on and we could be with her in person. And then she also was on the podcast a few years ago. I think, I don't know how long ago, yeah. but if you want to listen to that episode, you can. It's a really, really good one. And what I love about her is that I always know and trust that she is following her like instincts within her business and brand. Yes. Like you can always trust her and trust that, which is really... In, I, inspiring and also like just very grounding in her work. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it any other way, but she's just like, she does her thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for you all to listen. And if you haven't connected with her work, make sure you follow Mama Medicine on Instagram, mamamedicine.com. We'll have other links in the show notes. Yeah. Enjoy this one. And last call for the Almost 30 Accelerator. So we work with a small group over about six weeks. And this is our way of working intimately with podcasters who have launched their podcast already, but are ready to grow and monetize. Kristen and I have built almost 30 from the ground up and really walked through, made a lot of mistakes through the process and have honed exactly what it takes Mm -hmm. to make money doing what you love. And yes, there are sponsorships and we'll take you through that process, but there's also other ways to make money and to grow um, and to make this a sustainable business. Yeah, I feel really proud because... This is something we're uniquely qualified to do. Mm-hmm. You know, having no following before we did this, growing almost 30 completely from the ground up, never joining a network, figuring out every part of the process of making this business what it is today on our own. Mm-hmm. And it truly is something I feel like I'm so passionate about coaching people on and really helping them hone their voice and figure out the next best steps. And it is hard within this industry of podcasting to figure out what to do because a lot of it is behind the doors of networks and big businesses but we have spoken to networks. We've spoken to basically you know, all of the big companies that host podcasts as well. And we have a lot of information to share. I love that we have special guests joining. We mm-hmm. have people in the industry that are going to be talking to you. We have coaching calls with Lindsay and I. It's just going to be incredible. So if you're interested in joining, we are starting soon. We start on the 4th and then our content drops the day before we have our Q&A call on the 4th. And I'm really excited if you'd like to join us. You can go to almost30.com and then there's the podcast pro tab and you can sign up there. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you love this episode, please share with a friend, someone you love and care about. It's always a nice thing to send them something that made you think of them. And for all things Almost 30, go to almost30.com. Follow us on Instagram at almost30podcast. And we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. I always say in LA, it's so weird because it's so beautiful. You're like, wow. But there's like, it's almost like it's like you see the beauty when you have your eyes open, but when you close your eyes, it's like you see something different. Energetically, it's Mm. like you see a cloud over it or you see just like the wild spiritual warfare that it feels like is going on. Mm. Yeah, I think LA, when I've been tuning into it, I've been getting a no about going right now. But I've been thinking maybe I'll go... In December. Okay. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah. We'll be waiting. When you tune in, like you've been in New York forever, but when you tune in here, especially lately, I know you were saying that it's been really, really hard. Like, what is that? What does that feel like? I think for me in New York, it's the judgment mm-hmm. that has been really, really challenging. That's, like, I've yeah. always loved how New Yorkers, like, just will have zero issue telling you exactly what they think about you. That's been one of my favorite things about New York. Like there's no filter or, it's just like, this is what it is. I've always loved that. But I feel like the division has set in so strongly here Mm -hmm. that New Yorkers now feel like they need to tell you not necessarily what they think of you, but what you should be doing, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what you, you need to do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can feel it yes. here. And that's what's so interesting. It's all, always like the places that are the most, have the most light. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's what happens with gurus and leaders and religions. It's like, there's a lot of light mm-hmm. and then that attracts distortion to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we want this thing for all people. It's a really positive intention. And then sometimes it just can get so brightly, positively polarized that it can get distorted. So it's like, we want this thing for all people. We want all people to be X, Y, and Z. And then the dogma comes in. Yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. and then we have to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like the God exists and then the human brings the dogma, brings the rules, brings the like, the separation to yeah. it all, which is hard. Yeah, like there is maybe a really blissful and harmonious place that we can reach within our minds and our bodies and our spirits. But I think it's important to respect that we all have different ways of finding that harmony. And even if there's a school of thought, the ideas you you like, they make sense to you or some, some book you read that makes a lot of sense to you or something like that. Like we then also all interpret these ideas and thoughts in different ways. And so I think we have to really respect the the individual and the individual's intuitive process and intellectual process and not not shame people who who think or feel differently mm-hmm. than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if this is true, but maybe because I've always been in major cities, we I feel like we all have always been in major cities, but it is kind of this like more the denser it is, the more contrast there is. Mm-hmm. And maybe the more eyes there are on a certain place. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like New York has eyes on it. LA has eyes on it. Like certain mm-hmm. cities just have a lot of eyes on it. And mm-hmm. so it becomes kind of this weird, distorted magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way. Totally. totally. And you know, look, I love LA. I love New York. Like I have to say, I have to like preface all my pain about being in New York. <laughs> also with, like the city has been so good to me in so many ways. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I met my love here. I had my baby here. Like the, the city has given me so much and I feel a sort of like weird responsibility to anchor in the concept of openness here in this city too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it's weird because you'd think that that concept was so here. I know. Yes. I know. Mm-hmm. You would think that. Yes. There's I mean, like it the was perception. Here. It was. Yes. Mm-hmm. It really, really was a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me that you were here for like a, a reason and a purpose. Like you yeah. felt called here. Yeah. Because when I think of you, I'm like, I'm always so excited because I'm like, oh, Mama Medicine's in New York. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like that anchor that, you know, it's just like a weird, I don't know. Do, do you like, do you feel like the purpose and the reason is kind of closing 
before ending. Yeah, yeah. I think I I activated what I needed to in this city. I think that I devoted a lot of my time and energy understanding that the the city and especially like the mental energy and spiritual energy here really needed me. And I think I I did what I needed to do here and I'm getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Also just considering like, you know, I have an eight-year-old and she's breathing in this air and she's like so energetically sensitive too. And just really mostly for her is the number yeah. one reason why I want to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what was it? Whenever the fires were happening in LA, it was such a weird thing where I was like, wow, breathing clean air is a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're like, whoa, this is something you always believe Maybe not, you know, maybe just in the West, we believe we'll always have clean air, clean water. And when those things are like not happening, you're like, whoa, this is, mm-hmm. this is a level of like earth miscare that like we've never believed we've got to. But yeah. so for, I want to just kind of even talk about like for people listening, because I do feel like a lot of people have been called to move. And I think the grids are changing so quickly on earth. I feel like there's so much happening that we can perceive and that we cannot perceive as well. So I think it's really hard to figure out where you want to be right now because there's so much change happening. For people listening, like what is it where you should be in a place because you're you're part of the gridding of a different paradigm of being? And then what is it where the place isn't aligned for you? Like how do you sort of play with that or think about that? Right, because a place can feel really hard, but at the same time, you're meant to be. I yes. mean, mm-hmm. my, my first year of being here, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was What awful. was it like? <laughs> I was living in a, a basement apartment in Flushing, Queens that would flood when it would rain and it would get like two feet of water on the <gasps> ground. And then after the water would be scooped out with buckets, there would be these oh my huge, God. gigantic cockroaches in there. And it was like, yeah, wow. it was like this tiny little like, and then I and then also I was living there with this boyfriend who was like way too old for me and just like all the wrong choices, you know. Like yes. he, was, he, was, he was like the, and I I was living in Flushing, but I was working on the Upper East Side, so I would have this like hour and a half like traumatizing commute, and all of that, you know. It was it was. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Is that Deborah? (laughs) I'm like, I literally am like, wow, the mold, babe. (laughs) I I think of, I'm like, you better check your mold levels. (laughs) I know, and I'm already so sensitive to it. Isn't that weird? Were you still sensitive? Like, that's what's so weird. I think about that with my past too. I'm like, wow, I'm so sensitive. And I think I knew what was going on, but I didn't understand fully. But your sensitivity, like, do you think it's increased over time? Or how were you able to do that when Mm -hmm. now you would never be able to do that? I think I've always been extremely sensitive, like sensitive skin, mm-hmm. sensitive to, to energy, mm-hmm. sensitive to places. I've always been extremely sensitive, but I don't think I had like the self-worth and self-respect to sort of give myself the the spaces that I needed to be so sensitive mm-hmm. when I was that young. Yeah, And so it, it was like a learn the hard way and the slow way kind of Mm -hmm. natural evolution. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you like numb, numb Mm -hmm. in certain ways in order to protect yourself from Mm -hmm. the the stimuli or things that could be pretty harsh to, Mm -hmm. to the system. Yeah. Or you, you just get like, 
you get born into like a certain reality and you think like, this is just what life yes, is. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. And yes. I think it's really hard to like break out of that. Mm-hmm. So like, I think in, in at that time, I never really had the concept down of like, you deserve more. Mm-hmm. You you deserve better than this. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't, that wasn't in my, I, I thought this is just what life is kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was it that helped get you get out of that? Kind of like, was there things that you saw or how did you sort of break out of that? This is what life should be like. Well, I I think I have to really give um, two, two things a lot of credit here. One is that I just had a really natural draw at a young age mm-hmm. towards everything esoteric mm-hmm. and spiritual which gives you the ability to think bigger mm-hmm. and have more of an open mind. Um, and then also when I was 24 and I began drinking ayahuasca, that mm-hmm. helped oh, a yeah. lot. Like I would have ceremonies where ayahuasca would be showing me like, okay, this is you, this mm-hmm. is where you are, but this is where you could be, you know? Mm, <laughs> wow. You're like yeah. on Mars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like could you believe on the moon? <laughs> could you believe it at the time? Like, were you? Yeah, I mean, wow. I was like all for it. I was like, oh, okay. And you know, because I I worked with ayahuasca so much and and for so long, it wasn't just like, okay, here's where you are now, and here's where you could be. It was also, um, here's how you get there. Mm, and like, wow, little like breadcrumbs and yes. clues along the way to make different shifts that were necessary to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You were doing it because you did in Peru, correct? Yeah. Didn't you study yeah. there yeah, for, yeah. for how long? Eight years. Eight years. Which is like, wow. see, that's insane. That's what one thing I really love about your story. It's like, because especially in the ayahuasca space, it's like in LA, they're like, come to this Beverly Hills mansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's 24 people. <laughs> yeah. We don't know each other. Yes. And then it's like, you know, no shade, however people get to their enlightenment or whoever they meet their soul, that's totally fine. But there is that like deep honoring that you've had and that deep learning that you did, you know, in Peru, studying yeah. and just being in reverence. Yeah, yeah. And I miss the jungle so wow. much. Mm-hmm. I really do. But it also doesn't feel like the right time to go and do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Like I think right now, the ceremony for me is more about motherhood and diving deep into that and really looking at it as a a spiritual path and a powerful tool of spiritual growth. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had like resistance to those transitions? Like when you had your daughter or when you got married or did you have resistance around that? Or were you always so like, okay, this is now my season. my daughter coming, I... So one of the things ayahuasca was showing me was like, you can, you can have this child because I think I might've told you about this before, but um, when I was eight, I had this huge tumor on one of my ovaries Mm -hmm. and it crushed the ovary. And then I had fibroids crushing the other ovaries. So the doctors were like, you know, you might want to consider adoption. And I'd been trying to have a child and I'm making a very long story short, but basically I went to my teacher in Peru and he asked me if I ever wanted to have kids one day and he brewed me up a cocktail that basically melted. I drank it every day Mm -hmm. for a month, Um, but it basically melted all the fibroids and then it really strongly enhanced my fertility. 
And then right away, I got pregnant with Munai. I mean, that for me was really like a miracle. So the transition mm-hmm. into motherhood was this feeling of like believing in miracles and blessings and like, wow, this is the result of all the hard work that I've done. And pregnancy was really rough and there was like a lot happening and I was nauseous for nine months. But the, the even like the giving birth was like this wild, intense beautiful ceremony. And um, yeah, so so motherhood, to me, it felt like never let people tell you what you can't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like trust that mm-hmm. it, it, can, it, it can happen. Like the impossible can be possible. Um, but getting married for me, I think was pretty, pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. It took me a second we got married after we had our daughter, but even then it took me a second to like lean. I would, I did a very slow lean in mm-hmm. to this relationship, mm. you know? Why was that? I don't know. I think first and foremost, my husband and I are both really intense people. It, there was like a lot of compromise. You're <laughs> like so it. soft to me. <laughs> Your intensity is like, truth, but it's like, you're so soft to me. Mm. Try being married to me. <laughs> God, I love that. But that is the truth. Some of the most spiritually connected women that I know mm-hmm. will call you. They'll they'll give you the medicine that you need. And it's fucking not easy. Yeah. I mean, he's had to deal with things like we move into an apartment and in a place and then I just start like freaking out. I'm yep. like, it's haunted yep. and I can't be here. Yes. Like, and you know, and mm-hmm. like, that was our last apartment. Mm-hmm. Justin's like, now our place is haunted. What are we going to do? <laughs> He's like, what are we going to do, Pen? I'm like, I know. I'm trying. It's like, well, basically, yeah. <laughs> I cannot be here. It's like that kind of, I guess, like in- impulsiveness. It yes. I feel like a lot. Yeah, and then he has a really strong sense of right and wrong. And like Mm. this, like my way is the right way. And so for both of us, there's been just such a strong amount of compromise. But I mean, we're still together. It's it's going on a decade now. So it works somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, compromise is like it it's hard for me to discern between compromising for the greatest good of all or like for our highest good as a couple or even within friendship or family. Mm -hmm. And then the, am I abandoning myself? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard. Yes. How do you know the difference? Yeah. Don't you think that um, self-abandonment feels very exhausting? Yes, for for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. We were just talking about that yeah. uh, recently. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. Like you just sort of feel constantly exhausted and like the word stuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. Yeah. It is true. Like I actually do feel like that's a great point. Like I do feel like when I compromise, I'm proud. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like, okay, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like we're making things yes. worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. It feels like forward movement. Yeah, it feels like, it, it does feel energizing mm-hmm. when you compromise because I'm like, my intent, like I do not want to compromise, mm-hmm. but you're like proud. You're like, I did this. Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one where it feels like exhausting versus. Well, I focus on how, like, how much I love the person where I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like overall, over everything, yeah. I love you. Yeah. And yeah. so like, yeah. If I feel really, if that feels like it lines up with the compromise, I'm like, okay. Yes. Because I wouldn't 
be serving the other person if I was if I was abandoning mm-hmm. abandoning myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It's not yeah. just me. It's like it's actually not good for anyone. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be healthy for anyone. But I think we all in relationships we all face moments from time to time where we do abandon mm-hmm. ourselves, and then we have to find our way back to ourselves. Yeah. Yes. So I think love is sort of like the ocean. It's like the tide goes in, we come together. The tide mm-hmm. goes out, we do our own work. The tide yes. goes in, we come together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could talk about that forever. I wanted to really talk about witch wounds yeah. stuff to mm-hmm. not really talk about. But just when I saw you post that, I was like, ooh, that is so real right now. And I was actually, mm-hmm. there's the podcast we were coaching. It's called something witches. And we were talking about that. I was like, it's about like reclaiming that mm-hmm. power of the witch and reclaiming the word wit- witch and like reclaiming the, just the magic that we all have. And I feel like this is so prominent right now, especially with like how much self-censorship people are doing, how much abandoning themselves people are doing, how much there is that divide energy. And there's mm-hmm. sort of that Witch trial? Yeah, the witch trial energy. <laughs> I, I mean, both of us have had lives and I'm sure you yes, have. Yes. I'm sure you were our leader and yes, we were yeah, also persecuted. Yes, yes. You had the highest, like, yeah. highest. We're like, you go first, mama. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I would love, like, what inspired that? Well, mm-hmm. do you remember how a couple years ago we were talking about a mentorship and I was like yes. feeling into it and it wasn't really like, Set, there's something mm-hmm. that was off about it mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Not mentorship with me, just in general. In general, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. in general. Like, just so you know, guys, just, she <laughs> wouldn't be off with me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to the idea of like offering yes. mentorship, mm-hmm. and should I do it or not? So, you know, I've been doing this work for a really, really long time now, and in earlier on in my career, I would mentor people and I would teach people and. It, I noticed it never really landed well. Like sometimes it did, but oftentimes it went to people getting into a place of comparison and competition with me instead of seeing their own light. And I have to take full responsibility for that because earlier on in my career, I really truly believed that like meditation and a healthy diet and Reiki and enough time outside could like heal anything. You could heal anything. Like it was the way Mm -hmm. I had a lot of my own personal dogmas that I didn't realize I was sort of perpetuating onto others. And so Mm -hmm. therefore they wanted to either become me or they wanted to sort, I, I sort of had like a lot of things where people would learn from me. And then they wanted to like take all my clients and like be like, I'm doing what she's doing, but better. Mm -hmm. Or I'm doing what she's doing, but better and for like less money or or something like that. Right. And I mean, I love ambitious people. I think there, there needs to be a lot of them, but it did not sit well for me. And so I stopped teaching people for a really long time. And then I I think, you know, after two decades in my career of doing what I'm doing, it feels like the time to begin to teach people. But I really had to sit with how to do this in the right way. And the witch wound is what came up. Like it's actually, I I actually think it's not about me teaching you how to heal or to be a healer. And 
you know, it's a it's about you going in, healing your old wounds. You are already a healer. We all are already healers, right? So it's about going in and healing the old wounds, about being afraid of stepping into your full power and into your full light as that healer. And I'm going to transfer now to the word witch, because to me, it's like shaman is safe to say, healer is safe to say, like seeress I was using for a long time, safe to say, Mm -hmm. witch, which is the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, not safe to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's about owning being a magical person in your own Mm -hmm. right. And I really feel like now is a point in my career where I can really like lay it out for people in a course where they're taking personal accountability and responsibility for their own magic. But at the same time, I'm giving them really a lot of guidance. Like, even though I'm doing it online, I want it to feel, the course to feel like you're going into a 13th century apothecary, but like the back room or like downstairs. Mm -hmm. And we're doing a whole correspondence course aspect of it. So I'm doing a lot of individual guidance with each person because I think that's really important. There isn't a universal truth or way for people. Mm -hmm. So I'm introducing different topics and ideas surrounding the witch wound, hopefully helping people to come into such a strong place of self-worth and self-acceptance that they realize a lot of the ways in which they've self-censored and held themselves back has also been holding back us collectively, you know? And the people drawn to this course, I think there's already a deep connection to the collective energy in general. Mm -hmm. So you really look at the personal self-worth and then you can heal the collective self-worth. And then my, my big plan with it is really activating universal healing and to help people understand that, but it's not as much necessarily about that as really looking at how these historic events continue to play out, where they continue to play out, what we can personally do about it. So it's healing old wounds, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's also healing these current wounds that have just taken on different shapes Mm -hmm. and forms. And Mm -hmm. it's like the energy of it which is like the self-censorship, the denial of the magical personality, the belittling of someone that's different. And it's like, I feel like with witches and the same thing with the white tiger, it's like, it's always when like God has gifted them something that they don't understand. You know, it's like this beautiful divine gift that people want to take the essence of or steal from. Right. You know. Right. Or just because like they don't understand yes, it. Yes. They, then they fear the mystery. it. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they have to wipe it out. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, which, the witch energy, it's very unpredictable. You know, mm-hmm. it, we're, we're very intuitive and we act on, on a whim and we go for what feels right and we go for what our heart says. And that can't be necessarily quantified, contained, or controlled. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't, it can't be given necessarily like scientific merit or anything Mm -hmm. like that, right? And so instead of going, wow, you're very different from me. You have a very different way of living. I must have something I can learn from you. People feel feel small and disempowered themselves with their own past Mm -hmm. lives and their own line, their own lineages and all of that. And they go, 
you're you're different from me, you act different from me. So I have to try and either control you and get you in line or I have to wipe you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, it's like the visual of the, what are those dolls that like live inside oh, of each other? Dolls. The yeah. Russian dolls where it's like, there is this like collective witch wound and then like very, very much down to like the micro of like within each of us, there is like, the hunter of the witch and the witch, you know? Mm-hmm, that's So it's like, it goes, so it's really, it's like starting there, yeah. which I think is what the course is, you know? It's it's sad to think about, you know, that it's manifested so yes. deeply that like we also are. And like looking at those micro moments where we become the persecutor of the magic, of the mystery, and just kind of catching ourselves a little bit and like pulling up so we're not, you know. That's but it's how, that's very important. Mm-hmm. That's very important because, mm-hmm. yes, I do feel like even myself, I catch my, I think that's very important. Even for me, when I go into witch wound work, I'm like, I was a witch and I was persecuted and you're in this victim mode yeah. and making yourself this like mm-hmm. victim being. But in there have been lifetimes where I definitely have probably been on the other side as the mm-hmm. persecutor. And I think even in the work of like Jordan Peterson, he studies a lot of the darkest people. And that's what Carl Jung does as well. When you study the dark it's like, you need to understand that you are that too. Like mm-hmm. we yes. are the persecutor as much mm-hmm. as we are the persecuted, mm-hmm. which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I got really into Ancestry.com and like looking into my family history <laughs> during like- <laughs> I don't want them to have my DNA. I was, that's me. I'm like, they're not having my DNA. <laughs> you know, like if you know like your, your parents and your grandparents, yes. you can like yes. trace it back basically. Found out a lot of interesting things, but- and especially around the witch wound, which was a part of what inspired this. But the thing that I want to bring forward the most in regard to this conversation is that I had an ancestor who at the Salem witch trials was signing the declarations against the women. Like he signed the declaration uh, against Sarah Good. And then, and then also had an ancestor who was murdered at that time. Like wow, which trials? Wow, you know? <laughs> and so when I was looking at that, I was like, okay, this is probably why I, or one of the reasons why yes. I feel so incredibly sensitive to this, because I think within my own lineage, I actually have personal wrongs to try and right. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, because your family was the people that were sort of doing. The persecuting. Mm-hmm. Wow. They, yeah. There was yeah. both. both. You know? was yes. Both. Oh, yes. There was both. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like right now, especially, there is so much of that rising of the feminine. And mm-hmm. I think there's very clearly, obviously, the rising of the false feminine, where you see the false feminine, which is perceived to be all of these things. But then there is the feminine, which is that like chaos. It's that creatrix energy. It's that like unpredictable. It's that creation. And that's so important right now because when we think about what's happening in society and how important it is that the feminine rises, it doesn't look the way that I think it's being perceived to look. It actually looks like destruction for us to completely create something new. And it's so important. Can you talk a little bit about like the witch wound and the feminine and the masculine? I think that... Women have been painted within monotheism or just when we, basically, if you go way back to when we switched from a more matriarchal society to a patriarchal society, women have been painted as you're meant to be subservient, you know, and yet before that women were warriors Mm -hmm. and they were fierce and like 
healers. And it's like, where is that now? Mm. Where is that now? You know? Yet I think that every woman feels it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you, that's why, like, if you go back to 2012, there was like a bit of an energetic shift that happened there. That's why I noticed with my work, all different kinds of women started to be much more excited. What is that herb? What is that mm-hmm. crystal? What are, what are you doing there? Like, that's so interesting. What is that? Right. And I think that that's coming up more and more because we do just have this really strong natural sense of connection to our intuition. And I think men have that obviously too. They have their own feminine energy and they can connect to it in their own way too. I don't think it's necessarily about which kind of body you inhabit, but it's about owning your feminine energy as, as powerful and wild and the wild being powerful and, you know, like letting go of those ancestral fears of the dark wood, the dark yes. forest. Like you, you sometimes you have yes. to go into the dark forest and you have to spend time there without any supplies because you have to find yourself. You have to find yourself. Mm-hmm. So like with, with the witch room course, it's like, I don't want to be the one to tell you what your magic is. I don't want to be the one to tell you what your healing powers are, your, your healing capacity is. I want you to like go within that that dark wood and go within your own wild feminine, that stormy sea, that just the the the, the wild. And mm-hmm. I want you to discover it for yourself, like kind of almost set up like a, mm. a vision quest kind of journey. Um and 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 really take away all the comforts of the subservience that we've been conditioned to believe. And then mm. go into the wild and and find your courage and know how strong you are. And then you pull it out and you come out and you're like, <laughs> yes. It's like women who run with the wolves. There's mm-hmm. one of the tales in there about going into the going into the dark wolves, mm-hmm. um, going into the dark wood, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you look at the, a lot of the fairy tales we were raised mm-hmm. on, like the dark woods, the wolves, mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Be afraid of these things. Be totally afraid of these yes. things. But both like wolves and the dark woods, these are great teachers. Yes. These are super important mm-hmm. teachers, you know? Oh, the the old woman living in the hut. She's gonna eat the children. You know what yes. I mean? Like these yes. are like fairy yes. tales we are raised yeah. on. We, we totally. have to understand how mm-hmm. much they're conditioning mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I know. Actually, I went on like a kick Jordan Peterson again talks a lot about like the myth of fairy tales and like mythos and fairy tales. And there is like, when you look at them from like a different type of lens of going through the ascension Mm -hmm. process or going through enlightenment or something, you're like, whoa, what the hell? Like how was Pinocchio about blah, blah, blah. You know, you think about all these things. It's like, were we understanding what was going on? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And we were also shown like just this ideal of beauty in fairy tales where like the beauty was captured. Mm -hmm. The beauty was put into a- Youth too. Youth and beauty was captured. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this tamed is perfection. This tamed yes. is what you need to aspire to be or have. Yes. And I think, yes. and, and yeah, wow. and we have that. Wow. You know, like we, like I feel those aspects of me, like that perfectionism. No, mm-hmm. I need to be this way. Yes. I need to be this way. I can't be wild because then I'll make everyone feel uneasy. Or unco- yeah. You know, it's like those, mm-hmm. but we all have it within us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really interesting to think about like how we've been, taught about like 
that beauty and what beauty is. Like mm-hmm. beauty isn't like the wild woman living in the woods in the hut, you know, like... Yeah. So it's just really, really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, are you are you telling Munai like very different stories? <laughs> I'm like I thinking do. about like that. Deborah as my mom. I'm like, <laughs> she's like Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> different yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I love that <laughs> obsession with youth and beauty. Perhaps I I don't know for sure, but goes back to the ancient Greek and Roman empires. Mm. Like mm. You know, I think that there's really a lot we have to look at there. We have to really look at these things because also there was a, a strong shift into right way, wrong way, and a strong sure. shift into collectively mm. held dogmas while maintaining polytheism. All the while, something else brewing underneath. Like we have to look to Egypt, we have to look to Greece, we have to look to Rome, we have to really observe what Mm -hmm. we still continue to carry from the past that is good for us and important Mm. to reawaken and reactivate. And what we continue to carry from the past that are old stories and old paradigms that need to be laid to rest. I think too with youth, it's like youth is easily programmed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's like sometimes this obsession, I feel like, in culture with youth because it's like, this is the most impressionable group of people that we can program into whatever way. Yeah. So when we have an easily programmed group or impressionable group, it's like, that will always be the focus. Because if you think about like an older woman, that's like 70, Mm. she doesn't fucking care. You know, like what you think. It's like, she is set in her ways. And when you get older, you just kind of realize in your awakening that you can't really be coerced into some of the things that happen. But it's interesting with the beauty thing because yeah, there's such an interesting thing about beauty where there is like part of it that's like, sometimes in love one, they actually talk about like negatively polarized entities are oftentimes the most beautiful because they're serving themselves because it's like self-serving. But then also too, you think about beauty and nature and you're like, wow, this is like number one God, like beat flowers. This is number one God. And then with people, you know, you're like, wow, there is like something that we find so peaceful about beauty and comforting about beauty in some ways, but then there is also the negative about it. So can you talk a little bit more about that, like beauty? Well, I think beauty is something that we also become incredibly dogmatic. About. Yes. Uh, you know? yes. And then if we look at women, especially, there's just so much judgment yes. when it comes to like how you take care of yourself, what you feel is beautiful, how do you feel beautiful? And there's a lot out there about like, be positive about your appearance and all of that. But a lot of times when you get into these like positivity realms, there's a lot of judgment for people who maybe are not actually feeling really for positive sure. about their appearance and want to change things. Mm-hmm. And either either way, there's just so much judgment in that. And I actually think that a lot of the dogma that we see in beauty is it, with when it comes to people, especially when it comes to women, is based on a lot of these old paradigms. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of witch wound in yes. all of it mm-hmm. too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that to be able to appreciate the beauty in moments and understand the the passing of things and that everything arises, abides and fades away rather than just beauty based on if somebody's face is symmetrical or mm-hmm. what they're wearing or, mm-hmm. or that kind of thing is really, really important. Like, mm-hmm. can we begin to see the beauty in each moment of life as well as 
each step we take, each moment that that mm-hmm. we have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about the witch wound forever. I, I do. I, I kind of want to bring in the beauty piece and yeah, into yeah. skin because I feel like you are... Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That skin course was crazy. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was literally, and I didn't know it was going to be you. But when I went through yes. my skin thing, I was like, I really want someone to talk about what I experienced because it wasn't what... It wasn't the things necessarily yes. that I was using. It yeah. was something like otherworldly that changed, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was more spiritual yeah. than anything else. So I would love to just kind of bring that into the conversation because not only are a lot of people out there struggling with their skin, but yeah. I also think the aging process, which is beautiful in itself, but we're sold youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every other commercial, every other Instagram post. Yeah. So I just want to talk about, you know, what you have discovered through your own skin journey. Yeah. I mean, so I, so I was telling you before, I've always had super sensitive skin, mm-hmm. like any, like the, the wrong material, if it touches my skin, I'll to, get like total hives and things yes. like that which I think led me into a more holistic kind of skincare and beauty routine very early on in in age. And also it led me into becoming like a low-key skincare nerd, Mm -hmm. you know? But I I really think that it's important to look at the energetics of skin and how much our energy can affect our skin. And so if we're in a moment when we're breaking out or something like that is happening, instead of being like, okay, I have to squash this, get rid of this right away— to really sit with ourselves and go, okay, skin, what are you trying to show me and teach me? Our skin is our boundary to the outside world. It's a huge part of our immune system. It helps us to detox and clear so much. And so instead of being overly judgmental about one little line or one little bump or something like that, to really look at, okay, what's the the teaching in here and to allow the skin to be a really powerful teacher without getting overly fixated on appearing to be one way all the time. Mm-hmm. is important, right? Um, so with Skin Secrets, the course I did, it was, there was like a few things that inspired it. One was, I really wanted to talk about the energetics of skin and how to like get more into intuitively tuning into your skin and asking it what it's teaching you. I wanted to get into not judging each other with each other's skincare choices. I thought that that was really, it was like a little rant I did in the course, but it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you say more about that? Well, I just feel like if you, if you are someone who deeply feels like you don't want to get a chemical peel, right? Mm -hmm. Or you don't want to get Botox or Mm -hmm. something like that. That's fine. That's your Mm -hmm. choice. That's a beautiful choice to make. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, don't judge someone who is getting the chemical peel or the Botox. Like just let 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 people find their own way and and their their own dogma with things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you know, we we of course want each other to be confident. I think that that deep down, that's where all of that judgment comes in is like, I love you or I admire you and I want you to be more confident. I want you to be more confident, but we have to deeply understand that we all have different metrics for what feels like mm-hmm. confidence to mm-hmm. us, for what helps us to feel strong mm-hmm. and what helps us to feel mm-hmm. like at home in our mm-hmm. skin. You know? I feel like there's no greater love than like letting people do 
what they want to do. Yes. And like letting them choose what they want to choose and letting them have the freedom of their own experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really get into that. The beauty of just like accepting that we all have to find our own ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I also really love herbs, herbal medicine. So we get into like making your own things and how you can do that. And But the biggest thing that I offer in the course, which I, I really loved creating, was the spiritual root causes behind different skin mm-hmm. concerns. And it's a whole chart, mm-hmm. but it's it was a really fun thing to make because mm-hmm. there's so many things that we, it's almost like somatics, it's, mm. but, but just for the skin. There's so many things that we have coming up in our skin at different moments in different places at different times. And it, it just shows you what it all could potentially mean. Mm. Wow. What's an example? Like mm. maybe like acne on your chin. Okay. Well, that to me would be, usually holding something in that Mm -hmm. you needed to say for a really long time. Um, And actually like that feeling of like, oh, he's clenching your jaw Mm -hmm. and that you're holding it in for so long that you're starting to get really angry here, but you you don't let yourself feel your Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. So you're holding it in. But like you're angry. So <laughs> you want to go like, you want your jaw to come out, but mm-hmm. yes. instead it's just coming out in your skin because you're suppressing it so much. Wow. Yeah. It's like that heat, that yes. anger is heat. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Completely. Yeah. Completely. What other skin things? Wrinkles. Forehead wrinkles show like a deep interest in learning. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's like a, like a big sign of like a high consciousness mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So like you really want to be conscious and you really want to learn. And, you know, a lover of, of learning, especially new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The more embodied you are, the more you glow. Mm-hmm. Like there's a glow that people have in their skin and their being that I guess in their being that we perceive as their skin. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's like, what would you describe that as? I mean, from having really sensitive skin, mm-hmm. I know for me, for sure, my skin always reflects how I feel. Wow. And so when I feel grounded and I feel like I'm not carrying the weight of the world on my shoulder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When I like have that moment. That's why I have broad fucking shoulders. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, I sometimes I'm like, got it. Let him down. Let him down. down. Yeah, but I have those moments of just letting letting that go. That's Mm. like, what are you doing with your skin right now? Like it's it's always those moments. Mm -hmm. It's like that levity of being while still being grounded and embodied within yourself. And I feel like when we really tune into staying open, that's how we get that feeling. So I talk a mm. lot in Skin Secrets about like not hardening ourselves mm. into ideas mm-hmm. and that a hardening within the skin is usually always like a hardening within ideas and within our dogmas and within mm-hmm. our beliefs mm-hmm. or a hardening as in an attachment to looking what you look like at 38, looking what you looked like at the same time as you were 16. Mm-hmm. Never right. going to be 16 again. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. You're 38 now. Mm-hmm. 
it's you, all your cells are completely different. Why are you trying to hang on to mm-hmm. that time so much? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's what's so interesting about aging is like, yes, all of your cells are completely different mm-hmm. and, and years, new right? and new every 10 years are around that. Like, yeah. Yeah, so the aging thing, you know, I don't know if it has to happen as quickly. I know there are different things that affect mm-hmm. skin, body, et cetera, but it's interesting to think about that, that they're new every 10 years. Yeah. It's so why do we age? It's like your computer of your body's like reprint. It's like, what information? Okay, reprint the cells, reprint the cells. Uh-huh. And you're just like reprinting cells over and over and over again. And it's like, you could input new information yes, to those yes, cells yes. every time. You know, it's like changing the data that's reoccurring and recreating the cells as possible, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Totally. We're mostly water. Yes. You know, you saw- Which is like, like a crystal. Emotos work yes. on water. Yes. Fascinating. Know, Metallica versus like saying, I love you to, yes. to water and the, the way the water crystals mm-hmm. change. And that happens within us too. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we harden into ideals and different ideas, that's going to come mm-hmm. through the water in our body, mm-hmm. which we're mostly made up of. Mm-hmm. And when we allow ourselves to to be open and sort of meet ourselves in our new form almost every single day, that's when we start to carry that vibration of openness, which does translate into our skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely think there was something to not being mad at my skin anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like rather than waking up and being like, God damn it. Yeah. You yeah. know, whether it's a new breakout or just yeah. like a new something. And it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, it, there's something that changed. And I definitely had to like fake it for a little bit until I really believe and saw past it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was only seeing my acne. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because it, it could be so debilitating because mm-hmm. you think that's what everyone else sees too. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing they're seeing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's like a kindness that I think the skin is so receptive to. And then like a compassion and a almost like this clear communication with the skin. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, it is telling you something. Yeah. And so if you're listening more, I do feel like it just kind of like... Yeah, it opens that channel of like, oh, okay, okay, you're listening now. Like I can stop saying things so loud or like, you know, like being inflamed or, you know, it's, there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like just stop being so hard on yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I had really bad acne when I was- I want to see a picture. I know. (laughs) Prove it. We don't believe it. Yeah, literally. (laughs) We get it. You got to sell the course. It was really, really a thing. Yeah, I'm sure. But I was living in a moldy- That was in Flushing? It was actually, it was another moldy. Hey, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How's the thing for mold? Yeah, like, Dude, you got it. Uh, oh, wow. But if you think about it, like, oh my God, that makes such a parasitic puke. energy. Oh, Dude, yeah. Yeah, it's such a parasitic energy. And, and there's, there's something within our field that sometimes allows that parasitic energy, or we have to take yes. accountability mm-hmm. and responsibility around when we allow parasitic energies in. I mean, he was a parasite. I was living in these parasitic. Yes. And my skin was like, I don't know how to convey this to you except for to give you like severe acne. You're not going to feel good. You're going to feel sick. Your skin yes. is be so intense. And you're going to have to figure this out. Mm. You're going to have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, those moments when your body is just like, stop. 
Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, So I think too, we have to take into consideration like the, the different sensitivities that we have from a skin perspective also has a energetic quality attached to it. Like mm-hmm. if we're in the, the moldy apartment, where where are we letting in those parasitic energies in our lives and how do we eradicate them? Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that that mold situation is just big. It's big wow. But yeah. um, what would you say about eczema? Eczema for the skin. Yeah. Okay. So eczema is really, really interesting because to me, it has a lot to do with overdoing things, mm. overdoing mm. things, like being overly zealous about stuff and and really just push, push, push. That's heat go, too, though. Go, go, mm. you know? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like trapped, mm-hmm. trapped heat, you know? But usually there's a tendency to like dampen things down, sweeten things up. So we're pushing really hard and we're going really hard and it's it's all so intense. But at the same time, we're like pretending that it's this like mm. passive, peaceful experience. And or or maybe um you push, 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 and then you feel like you need a lot of sweets like alcohol or chocolate mm. or, or things like that. And so then we look at how uh, sugar can really aggravate eczema, yes. right? But it's like really what we're trying to do is is sweeten up how much we we push and how much mm-hmm. we we mm-hmm. force, and we're trying to find a softness or mm-hmm. a, a, a sweetness, yeah. we're trying to soothe, and and we can't allow ourselves that. And so the skin comes up and tells us like, hey, stop pushing, stop stop trying to force things so much. Like mm-hmm. find the sweetness in in the day to day experiences. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is so fascinating. I know. This, this is... I know, it's next level. I was thinking yeah, about, it's really next level. When we talked about um, the voice, like of the alchemy of the voice a few mm-hmm. years ago, we had a few episodes on it and just how the voice is like this deep spiritual thing. Like mm-hmm. you being in your body, your voice feeling like your true tone of like who you are, mm-hmm. your voice not putting on a front, your voice being like this just being enough in resonance with your own vibration that it's clearly vibrating at the state that you want it to. And skin is like that too. There's this like, there is this, I think there's a spiritual aspect to everything. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is. But with skin, it's like, I can't wait till people can, and people are, but just awaken to this sort of thing. And then also too, it's like with the sun. Mm-hmm. Like I remember for so long, I was like, well, I mean, I was in my in the tanning bed for hours at a time, if I could. <laughs> I was a tanning bed girl through and through from Ohio. But then I stopped being in the sun and now I'm like, I love the sun. You know, now I'm just like at peace with the sun. Like I'm in good, right relation with the sun. And I think that's another part of skin where we come back and we're like, okay, I have to wear SPF. I have to protect myself. I have to do all these things. And you have to be fearful of some things that are so natural, like the yeah. sun. yeah. Oh my gosh, I let myself get tan this mm-hmm. year Same. for the first time in mm. like six years. Mm-hmm. I'm a feel. Yes. Oh, it feels so good. It, it feels good. So I did good. in Ibiza. I was like, oh my gosh, so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I had built like a, a lot of melanin from tanning beds. So it's like the, I literally, <laughs> honestly, being in them for that long, yeah, I get really dark, but it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just felt great. I was like, wow, I'm just... I just felt like it was good to not be fearful of the sun. Yes. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to allow 
me to be in the sun, to feel the warmth of the sun, to feel the codes of the sun, to just feel really good in the sun and not be scared about getting older, aging, blah, blah, blah. Although that can be, you know, can be hard. My dad had mm-hmm. my dad had skin cancer. So yeah. I recognize that as well, that there is like a point where you have to be mindful. Right. You gotta totally. just not be in extremes mm-hmm. either way. Yes. We do need sunlight. It's so important for mm-hmm. our health our mental health, our physical health. Yes. It makes us feel good, but there is there is absolutely an extreme. And it's, again, it's when we're pushing and we're mm-hmm. like, you have to be more tan. You know? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Freshman year prom, I went to two different tanning beds. Because they Actually, wouldn't let you go twice They wouldn't one. let me go yeah. twice. So I went I to two different those. ones. I was... Something else. Is that that's like addiction to sure, right? For sure. Oh yeah, she had it. I had it. (laughs) My mom, my dad is like pretty tan. He's always pretty tan. But my mom was like, "Wow, you really got the olive in high school." I'm like, "Dude, I'm tanning every day." (laughs) I was like, "Dude, you're my mom." And you're like, "Oh, this orange?" Honestly, no. I would get really brown, but it was like. This is very very odd. I was in Ohio. Like, what's going on? I know, totally. <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> I would love for my last question, just kind of where we are now. So we're kind of nearing the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you being in a place like a big city, epicenter of just a lot of things. I guess, what message would you have for people who mm-hmm. are sensitive, who are wanting to appreciate the beauty, wanting to have a full life, to shine really bright? Like all the cheesy things that we say, but like are really real and also really hard to actually embody in a time like this. Like what message would you have for them? I think it's super important to trust how you feel. And also to make sure that you're giving space and time to observe how you feel because these are very hard times to navigate. And really from 2020, I think probably there's four years of challenging times to navigate. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be probably even more external shoulds and shouldn'ts and external forces. So that's why we have to go, we have to be able to find our own internal hermit's cave that much more and and tune in and check in with how we feel. While at the same time, not feeling as though you're alone in how you feel, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you've discovered how you feel, but usually you're never alone in how you feel. Like really doing things or surrounding yourself with people who are animals who are plants who are whatever it is, but but really practicing feeling less alone mm-hmm. while at the same time taking time alone to observe how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like unplugging from one source of like chaos information messages mm-hmm. and then plugging into mm-hmm. actual source. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being really careful, especially if you're living in a city, being really careful about what you're letting into your, mm-hmm. your aura. Yes. You know, being yes. really careful. Like it, it is a time actually to not expose ourselves to too many toxic people or, or toxic places or toxic foods or toxic habits and patterns, being really, really careful with these things. Like right now, we almost need to try to be as healthy 
mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally as possible. And it won't always be like it, but it'll it'll be a lot of work to maintain that state of health. Mm-hmm. But we we have to to really focus on health as much as possible rather than get caught up in the vacillating waves of perception of the world around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's always a comeback to self, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. But this has been amazing as Thank usual. So we love you so much. I'm so excited we get to hang after this. Yeah. <laughs> so you can like dig more, but um, we have another episode with Deborah that we did previously, but we'll have all the links for your stuff, for your courses yes. and stuff in the show and notes. And yeah, highly recommend you connect with the amazing Deborah. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much, Deborah, our amazing Mama Medicine. You can go to mamamedicine.com. You can look at Mama Medicine on Instagram and find all of her courses and programs and more information about her. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. If you are called to, we would just love if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. We read every one of them. So thank you so much. And for our podcasters out there, if you've launched a podcast and you are feeling like, okay, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to make money. We got you. We've done it all ourselves over the last six years. And we are taking a small group intimately through a program we call the Almost 30 Accelerator. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So you can go to almost30.com. There's a pop-up that will let you go straight to the sign-up page and you can get more information there. Yeah, can't wait to have you. And we will see you on the next one. See you soon. Bye. Bye.